welcome, 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 welcome back to the Home to Self podcast. I'm so happy you're here. If you are a returning listener, thank you for being here. If you're brand new to the show, welcome. I'm so grateful that you're here and you are in for a treat today. I have such a fun episode for you guys with a beautiful human named Naya Littman. And Naya is incredible. She's a 21-year-old singer-songwriter. She's a yoga teacher, a sound healer, and a podcast host. And despite being so young in my eyes, because age is really just a number, but she is just such a wealth of information. She has so much spiritual wisdom and so much life experience as well. And she shares a lot of a lot of that with us on this episode today. One of the most fascinating things that I got from this episode was Naya's desire to take action on the life that she truly wants to be living really going against the grain and these societal timelines and all of this pressure that we have been conditioned with and go after the things that make her happy despite the fear that's there. You know, we're all afraid. We all have these limiting beliefs and these subconscious stories that we have grown up with that oftentimes hold us back and keep us trapped living a life that is not truly authentic to us. But what I got from this episode with Naya is that she is determined to live a life that actually makes her happy, to use her gifts for good in the world and she's already doing that in so many different ways really taking action in all of these different creative pursuits and it's so inspiring so I can't wait for you to hear this episode and if you have a few minutes at the end of this episode please take some time to rate and review the podcast so that we can get it out to more people who are interested in these kinds of open honest real conversations I hope you enjoy the show and without further ado here is Naya Hello, Naya. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you and get to know you better. We have some connections already, which is how we met, or I guess met online. We haven't actually met in person, but we both went to Arcadia, which is so magical to share that experience. One of the best weekends of my life. And I'm excited to talk to you more about that too but we didn't actually meet there. I remember seeing you actually. I remember seeing you in your two-piece red outfit (laughs) at some (laughs) point, and then I connected the dots later. Um, But we do have a connection through Jade and Zach, who live here in Boulder, and we've connected with them since Arcadia, and so it's been a beautiful little network that has evolved of all these humans that know each other, and it's just created more community. And yeah, I'm really excited to connect with you further. And I wanted to, since I don't really know that much about you and you don't know that much about me, I wanted to just start off handing the mic over to you and letting you tell us your story and take us as far back as you want. And yeah, just, I want to know more about you, how you got to where you are today, what it is that you're passionate about. Give us, give us the downloads on who Naya is. Wow. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I do want to say that I remember seeing you too at Arcadia. And I just think it's funny that we didn't get to connect there, but we get to now. I think that's so beautiful. And I love that reason for social media in particular, because there can be so many like negative aspects of social media, but the connection piece is so, so cool that we can kind of have that network. Um, but yeah, my, my story, my journey. Oh my goodness. Um, 
I guess the main, the main things about me, like if you were to ask, who am I? is I am a musician at heart. So when I was a kid, music was super important to me. It was always something that was a passion and a hobby. And, and I would just do consistently and I would sing all the time and write, you know, little songs in my journals. And, and I've always written a lot too. So I've been a very like expressive person from a young age. Um, And I grew up in an artistic family. So my mom's an artist and very spiritual and kind of a hippie mom. So I had that influence at a young age, which is kind of what brought me to the spiritual community is being around that and having my mom um, introduce me to so many amazing things, so many spiritual masters and books and, and principles. So I'm very grateful for having that and very lucky. Um, And so, but the thing about that is over time, even if you're raised a certain way, you still have to come to it on your own, right? So I had to have my own spiritual awakenings and enlightenment practices that I came to on my own. And it took it took some time. And honestly, there was a lot of times where I questioned certain spiritual practices or the community and had my own doubts or felt just disconnected. Like I didn't feel connection to source or God And that was hard because in my head, I knew that all these principles were very resonant, but in my heart and my body, I never had that experience yet. And so I feel like that's an important piece to share because a lot of people come to spirituality later on in life or, or find it on their own terms. And, and when I was introduced to it so young, it just kind of felt um, confusing and contradicting. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, my mom has all these beautiful principles and my dad, you know, they, they believe in all these amazing things, but my outside world wasn't reflecting that, you know, in school or in social settings. And so I kind of shut down the spiritual aspect of my life a lot in high school and middle school. And I came back to it on my own terms. I think the first book that I read, like that I actually read that was like a spiritual book was the Celestine prophecy. I don't know if you've read that. Yeah. It's such a good book. So good. And I don't know why, like I've had other people that I've shared that book with and they just didn't have the same response I did. But for some reason that book like cracked me wide open and I just felt like a shift in me. And so that was like my first, you know, spiritual awakening was after reading that book. I just had this understanding of it, um, of these practices that I could actually start doing where they, you know, how they talk about like observing plants and, and yeah, just the presence of different things in nature has been like a really cool practice that I still do to this day. But anyways, yeah. So did music a lot. That's still a passion of mine. Um, And then during the pandemic, I experienced a lot of anxiety, depression, mental health struggles. And so I got into yoga and yoga was never something I was like super passionate about, but I just, I just started practicing and I noticed that it immediately helped ease anxiety, ease panic attacks, especially like the breath work aspect of yoga was just like amazingly beneficial. And so started off as just a practice. And I realized I wanted to become a yoga teacher quickly after that. So um, long story short, I had a friend who was like, you just need to take the course online during the pandemic. Even if you can't do one in person, you know, you can 
kind of start your journey there. And so I decided to take an online yoga teacher training, got my certification, started teaching right away in a studio. So that's another huge kind of passion of mine. And, and that led me into sound healing as well. So all these things kind of melt together. I'm sure you've seen a lot of people who teach yoga and also do sound healing. And I think it's because they go hand in hand, you know, they're very um, meditative practices. So I also do um, like crystal sound bowl healing and facilitate that, but that's more of like a newer offering that I've been working on. And yeah, I feel like, I feel like I could talk forever about my journey. So that's like this short short version of how I'm, how I got to where I am today. Oh, and then I started this podcast too, during the pandemic. So I have a podcast as well. That was like a passion project of mine that I feel like the pandemic just sparked a lot of things of like, why not just start it now? You know, that was kind of like the theme for me. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And I want you to tell everyone how old you are, because I think that that is (laughs) such an incredible thing. How old are you? I'm 21. Yeah. (laughs) which is wild. Like, I mean, I guess we're moving towards a world where people are having their awakening earlier and earlier. And it's such a beautiful thing, but like, it's rare to meet someone your age who is following this path already and has the awareness that you do. And, you know, I'm 28 and I'm, I'm young for this too. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's so mind boggling to hear that you're 21 and you're on this path. And like, it's really beautiful because it gives me so much hope for like what we're creating on this earth. And yeah, I mean, there's so many correlations between our path already. And I want to just touch on the piece of like the pandemic really inspiring you to just start. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the pandemic offered two kind of main perspectives for people. Either they fell into like a deep depression and just like were so attached to the life that they were used to that they really struggled during that time. And then for other people who are more willing to kind of just take it as is and like knowing that they couldn't control a lot of it, like, what are you going to do with this free time? What are you going to do now that the world has shifted so much? Like, how can you, you know, like take new endeavors and new creative pursuits. And I really love that you had that approach and that you allowed yourself to dip your toes in so many different places, you know, and it's so obvious to me, like just looking at your social media account, like how creative you are. And, um, I love how you've been putting it into these different places like yoga and sound healing and, it's, it's just really beautiful to see and and know that this is the beginning of your journey and like what you can create from that is really powerful. So from here, I want to, cause one of the main things that we have in common is that we recently both started a podcast and that's also so exciting and so new. And I want to hear what the inspiration was behind you starting your podcast. Like, what is it that inspired you to start it? And what is your intention with it? Yeah, thank you. Um, And thanks for acknowledging the creativity aspect. I feel like sometimes I almost have like a shameful feeling about being young. I'm like, like the imposter syndrome of like, people aren't going to take me seriously, or they don't think that I have much value because they think I haven't lived much. And I'm like, yes, I get that. But also like, it's so interesting, you know, what two different people can do with like a year in their life. Right. And so I feel like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's so nice to hear that reflection sometimes. So thank you. And, um, yeah, I mean, you don't (laughs) age doesn't like, yeah, I've really come to notice that like age does not 
automatically mean that you're more experienced or more knowledgeable because mm-hmm. it's like time is a, such a funky thing that you can really manipulate. And like you said, so much can happen in a year because it all comes down to how you use your time and like mm-hmm. what you're willing to do to expand your consciousness. And I know something that you're really passionate about, even with the title of your podcast is like looking beneath the surface and really asking mm-hmm. questions and getting curious and like shifting perspective. And with that mindset and that approach to life, like you can learn so much faster. Yeah. And yeah. then you add the aspect of like, some people are just old souls and some people mm-hmm. have a lot of wisdom and like this whole journey is a remembrance process. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. it's almost like when you have this awakening and this like new perspective of life, it's, it's like, you're just remembering information that was already there. And it's not like you're learning things for the first time, which is a really weird concept, but those who will get it, will get it. <laughs> so totally. yeah, yeah. I'll let you go totally. on. Yeah. So I think, um, that with the podcast, something that I have always enjoyed is like, is discussing, right? Like you said, the deeper things in life, like, let's get to the the heart of it. Like what's really going on. And I actually studied psychology for the first couple of years in college. I didn't graduate yet from college. I'm still deciding if that's something I want to do, but you know, that's another discussion. Um, but I did study psychology. And the reason is because that's all I've ever been interested in is like, why are we the way we are? And I think that's a very spiritual path that most people who are interested in the inner workings of the mind and, you know, behaviors, they usually are people that want to know the deeper things in life, you know, like what it's just like a, it's a yearning or something. I don't know. I think I've always had that. And since I was a kid, um, I've always been just so interested in in the deeper why. And so I, me and my mom talk all the time and we have these amazing conversations and I'm like, Oh, I wish we could capture this. Right. Like I wish I could share this with somebody and I still haven't done a podcast with my mom, but I would love to, because that's kind of where the inspiration I think for my podcast started is I have these deep conversations and I want to share them. I want to share them, especially since online now you can reach such a larger community and you can make new friends and kind of just have like this inspiration aspect, because I know for me, podcasts inspire me. So um, when I'm feeling down or when I need to consume something healthy, it's like I go to podcasts, you know? Um, So that's the inspiration there. And I think, um, I think that I wanted to create a podcast where I was authentic, vulnerable, kind of transparent, like not put together. And so it's been an interesting process because I thought it'd be a lot easier to do that than it is. Um, because I'm a very, another thing about me is I'm very analytical and I'm, and I think things through to the max. So I'm like, okay, this needs to be this way and perfect. And, and there's this like inner critic in me that wants it to be perfect. Right. So being authentic is not perfect and it's not planned. Um, so that's been a struggle I've had is like, how do I just really say what I need to say when I'm in my room alone? Um, but I feel like I've been learning how to get more comfortable um, just being open. Cause like right now having a conversation, it's way easier to just go back and forth and be present versus when you're, I'm sure, you know, that feeling like when you're sitting by yourself, you're trying to get a point across and it can sometimes feel like disconnected almost, but anyway, that's kind of, yeah, that's how I got to podcasting and And it's been an interesting journey so far. (laughs) 
It is such a self-development journey that you didn't really know you were getting into, at least for me. I can totally relate with so many pieces of that with especially the perfection piece of, and like being very analytical and like logical and trying to piece things together and make sense of everything and make it work perfectly. That is actually what stopped me from launching my podcast for so many years. Like I had the idea like three years ago and it took me until this year to finally just be like, just, just record something. (laughs) And my intention with that at first and still is, is just to allow it to be imperfect, like allow it to be honest and real and raw and messy and beautiful all at the same time, because that's what life is, you know? And it's like, we've gotten so accustomed to this curated Instagram, social media world where everything just seems like so perfect and so like flawless and it can really mess with our heads because we think that that's the way our lives should be. And it's so not how life is for anyone, you know? And so I think there's something really beautiful about us choosing to share the imperfections and just choosing to, to learn along the way too, because it's been such a process. Um, you think it's going to be such an easy thing. Like, Oh, I just hit record. And then I post it, and it's like, Oh no, there's, there's so yeah. much more to it, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's so fun. Cause it's, for me, it's really helped me find my voice and yeah, those solo episodes are the hardest because you feel like you're talking to yourself and you kind of feel crazy because your mind's going in all these directions mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my God, I don't know if this makes sense to anyone. But like you said, something I love the most is listening to other people's podcasts, especially when they're just kind of random and like thinking out loud because it makes you feel less alone. And it reminds yeah. you that like we're all just fucking human, you know, and we're all trying Seriously. to figure it out. Especially if someone has the same brain as you. And that's like, sometimes I found podcasts, right? Where I'm like, oh my gosh, their, their train of thought is where my train of thought would go. And I think that's really cool because it gives you that reminder that like for anyone that's listening to this podcast, that anyone can start a podcast because everyone can be related to, right? And I think that's what social media is for, is people wanting to feel like they're not alone in their struggles. They're not alone in their you know, hobbies or their quirks or whatever it is, you know, like it's so cool to be able to find someone you relate to. And I feel that way with music too. Like you find a song and, you know, you can relate to like, that's the mission that I think is my life for as much as I figured out so far is like creating, creating content expressions, music that people can connect to that they can relate to. Um, and hopefully that it inspires them to make a podcast or write a song or, you know, whatever it is. I think that's what we're here for. And there's that aspect that I'm sure you've thought about too, of like, yeah, but like, is there enough room for me? Like, is like, there's this thing nowadays. It's like, it media is so saturated with so many influencers and so many musicians that it sometimes feels like, but why would anyone listen to me? You know? And as you're starting a journey, you have to like really override that and, and trust that you're doing it for the right reason. And eventually that message is going to like carry out, you know, you know what I mean? So anyway, hundred (laughs) percent. No, it's so true. It's, and it's this relatability piece. I'm really glad you brought that up because yes, the media is really saturated. Yes. There's thousands of podcasts and so many 
like everything that we want to create is in some form already out there. But like the piece that I always come back to is like, there is no you in the world other than you. And just the way that just all the experiences you've had, all the conditioning you had good and bad, like just the whole, the whole gamut of your life experience shapes your perspective in, in such a unique way that no one else can truly express the same way. And even if there's just like those fractions of differences between two people that are explaining the same thing, it's like one is going to be relatable to one person and the other one's going to be relatable to the other. And so there is room for all of us here. And I think that is kind of the purpose is for us all to step into our authenticity and share that with the world. Because again, you're going to be relatable to certain people out there. And that's the beauty of it. Like, it's like, there's enough for everyone. And it's, it's coming out of the scarcity mindset and remembering that like there's abundance everywhere. And so it's really beautiful. And I'm, I'm proud of you for, for stepping into that as well, especially at such a young age and not, not letting like other people's opinions and stuff, like stop you from taking that action. Cause it's, I bet you are so inspired. I mean, you're inspiring to people like me and I can only imagine how inspiring you are to people like your own age and younger, of like what's possible if you do want to go against the grain a little bit and do things differently, which is what we need in my opinion. But um, I did want to ask you about like diving back into authenticity a little bit. I think that this is a piece that we're all searching for as humans, whether we call it authenticity or not. It's like, we want to feel more confident in just being ourselves and expressing ourselves and creating things and doing the things we want to do. But it's hard. Like it's hard to be authentic because it requires you to put down your walls and like let go of the expectations and the perfectionism and the judgments and all of this. So what has been your journey to become more authentic? And I know it's a forever evolving thing, but if you have any tips or like insight for people who, who want more of that in their lives, but they have things holding them back, like, what would you say to someone like that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think I think that for me, the first thing that came to mind is positive self-talk because, Mm -hmm. um, so I have like a very judgmental inner critic and I'm sure most people do, but for me, it's something that I've really struggled with, um, with the authenticity aspect because I can have this social media that looks amazing and I can share all this amazing stuff that I'm doing, but it's like truly when you're in your room alone, right. They always say like, who are you? And what do you think of yourself? And so when I realized that I didn't really like myself, that I didn't love myself as much as I could, I realized that's where like, there is some, some healing to do. And if I'm going to be transparent, you know, like I have not figured that out yet. Like I still have a lot of days where I'm like, what am I doing? Um, kind of like, why do I deserve this? And that's painful to experience when you're putting in so much effort and so much um, expression out there in the world. It can be a little scary, but anyways, my tip would be to watch the way you speak to yourself in those moments, because with any like self-development work, the thing that I've realized this year is like the only way to change the habit is to catch it in action, right? Like have the awareness of it and do the complete opposite. Like, total 180 switch like pattern interrupt or whatever you'd call it, I guess. And that's the only way we change habits because we're, we're wired to think of what's going wrong. We're wired to look for 
imperfections. We're wired to look for like danger, you know? And so we're naturally wanting to stay in our comfort zone. And I think if you can recognize that, have empathy for yourself. That's another big one is like, have compassion that you are just figuring this out one day at a time and don't track your progress in that linear way. Cause it'll never make you feel good. Cause you're not going to, you know, you're, you're going to be going up and back down and up and back down. And slowly you are spiraling up. Um, my dad was always telling me that he's like, we're not going upwards. We're like in this continuous time spiral that like we revisit old things that's why we get frustrated and then we keep going up, but we're never stuck in one place and we're not going backwards. So anyways, but yeah, my tips would be positive self-talk and empathy and compassion. And I guess to get more descriptive, like what that looks like for me is in the morning, if I'm feeling overwhelmed or like, I'm like trying to think of an example. I think what's funny is we both work in restaurants. I'm not sure if you still work in a restaurant, but I work in a restaurant mm-hmm. and I'm a server and serving is so freaking hard because I'm so sensitive and I take everything personal. And that's the one thing you can't do when you work in a restaurant is take things personal because people are just in their own world. So, you know, let's say I'm at work and somebody just treated me, you know, terribly and I start to negatively spiral and go, why am I at this job still? And I'm such a piece of, you know, blank. And I can't believe I have all these skills and tools, but I'm not financially successful and I'm not taking care of like, that's a big one for me right now that I'm going through. So then the, the way to be authentic and to be like kind to yourself is remind yourself that it's temporary And I think you've spoken about this and it actually really inspired me too, because I go through that a lot. Like remind yourself, like this is just a stepping stone so that I can have more wealth in my life and I can do the other things that light me up and it's not forever. And it's just a choice I'm making right now. Um, And just like that simple like thing of like talking to yourself is, is just so important. And it can be like extremely difficult because the last thing you want to do is think of it in a positive way when you're feeling down like that. But it's like, it's quite literally the only thing that I know that actually works to rewire like those, those habits. And I feel like by doing that, you are authentic because you are embodying that whole aspect of being a, a spiritual person dedicated to healing and growth, you know, like that's where the work is. It's, it's like in our own minds. And that was kind of like a lot, but I, I hope that that made sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm I'm glad that you went there because it's it really does start within us. It's like the way that we talk to ourselves and approach ourselves. Like there's I like to view everything that's going on within us and in our own minds as like these different parts, almost like internal family systems. <clears throat> and you know, the critic that's always judging us and like pulling us back down and making us think, overthink everything and like that's one piece, but then it's like, you can bring forward the piece. That's a little bit more mature, a little bit more compassionate, a little bit more sensitive to your experience. And it's like, if you can, if you can practice like stepping into that voice more often and to kind of balance things out, it's like, I feel like that is authentic because then instead of hiding or like only acting from the critic and therefore like holding back or like pretending to be someone you're not, which is like everything that's not authentic. I feel like if you bring in this more mature, like more compassionate side of you to 
to help the critic kind of calm down and lower its voice, then that helps you to just show up the way that you are, you know? And it's like, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have those bad moments, those sad days or those really heavy emotions, but it's like, you are now giving yourself permission to just feel it and maybe even express it with others, you know? And that to me is authenticity. Like authenticity isn't just you being happy and sparkly all the time. Like that's not true. Like, to, to any human's life, you know, we, we have polarity, we have duality. And so it's like, how can we totally be okay with our experience as it is? And that does require a lot of self-compassion, a lot of self-love. And, you know, the only, the only thing that we can change in our lives is our perspective, our response to it. So it's not like you have to go find something outside of yourself to help you step into that. It's like, it's really the inner work and, and it does all start with how you like the relationship you have with yourself. So I think that'll be really powerful for the listeners as well. Cause it's something you can do right now, you know, in, in every moment you have the opportunity, it's completely free and it doesn't require much effort other than you just committing to like shifting the way that you talk to yourself and realizing that we're all figuring it out. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think like one thing I wanted to like elaborate on too is like my dad is a th- is an internal family um, systems oh, therapist, really? um, so he's like constantly tell- told me like, oh, that's just a part of you, and you know, and it's funny because as a that. kid, as a kid, I would like be like, yeah, yeah, whatever, right? But now I'm like literally doing that, you know, that therapy and that work, <laughs> and it's so true. Like when you can realize that you are not one like you are not, well, to, I believe that you are just, you know, source consciousness and this beautiful light and love energy. Like I do believe that, but I think that as a human, you are not just one thing, you know, we're these really complex beings and we're reacting to life all the time. And even if we are enlightened and we're on a spiritual path, like you're not always going to be responsive. Like you're going to react to things. So what I wanted to elaborate on is like, like taking the the easiest way to do it in the moment is like take the thought and like write it down in your journal and then write down the opposite of that thought and i think that would mm. be like that's what has helped me is like okay what is the thought i'm you know maybe like i'm not smart i'm not enough i i'm stuck I'm lazy, whatever it is, like, especially in terms of like the serving job, like I just can't do it. Like I'm just stuck in this, this place in my life. And then like, okay, what is the opposite of that? It would be, I'm being resourceful and taking care of myself and using what I have right now to get to where I want to go, because that's what's realistic, you know? And when you can see it that way, you're going to immediately have these shifts and be like, yeah, that's right. And you just, you become your own like cheerleader, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I feel like that is a very helpful way to start practicing that like self-love and authenticity. I love that. I have never heard it that way, like put that way. Um, but I think there's something really powerful also about writing it down because you're getting it kind of out of your head and you're able to see it a little bit more objectively. And that's, that's my experience with journaling in general, but I love that, that practice of like writing down the opposite and it, it, it almost like pushes your mind to consider that there is another perspective and you're not like, 
it's not just that thought that's real. Like it's just a thought. And another thought that's complete opposite is, is a possibility too. And it's like, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like that, that is a potential. So yeah. I love that. We think that there's only one way for everything. We're like, no, this is how I'm going to be come this person. This is how I'm going to get to this place. And it's like, there's like infinite possibilities to get there. We just, we get so fixated, I think. And we have all these expectations of what things should look like. And I think that's where we fail the most, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like we trap ourselves in so many ways unconsciously, but Mm -hmm. okay. I want to shift it a little bit and go back to something that you briefly mentioned and let's expand on it, which is you said that you may or may not finish your college degree, which makes me happy in many ways, but, um, I want you, I, I listened to your first episode on your podcast to get a better understanding of like who you are, your values and such, which by the way, for the listeners, go listen to Naya's podcast. It's awesome. And so authentic. Like I could really feel your energy coming through even just in that episode, Thank but you. something you mentioned. Yeah, of course. Something you mentioned that I thought was really powerful and I want to expand on it is you said education can limit our minds to possibility and what we can become. Mm -hmm. And I agree, but I want to hear what you have to say about that. That's so funny that you mentioned that because I haven't thought about that, that in a while, but I remember exactly what I was feeling when I, when I was thinking of that. And it was how I've always had this feeling like, okay, and it's not like I'm the only one to have this thought, but schools are very rigid, structured. I hate to use the word prisons, but they're like very intense, like boot camps, you know, and they're programming us to be a certain way. And there's no shame to the education system. Like, I don't think that, I don't think that like there was this evil person who's like, I'm going to create the education to be like this in public school system. Like, I don't think it was, so straightforward like that. But I think that over time, it is not working and we know it's not working. And that's why there's been these alternative schools, right? Even alternative colleges. And so many people are becoming nutritionists and health coaches. And, um, you know, there's not just one way to get there now. And I think not just with college, but when I was saying that I was really talking about like right after kindergarten, we'd stop being creative in school. Um, I was lucky to go to a school where I had a little bit of creativity, you know, and I went to like a charter school. So there was definitely more room for creativity. But like when I went to public school, I noticed how, you know, you become like a, a robot and your job is to accomplish and remember facts. And it is just so it just doesn't work for so many creative people, you know? And even if it does work for you, like I did well in school, but I wish that I was in a school that nurtured all of these things that I'm doing now, because I feel like I would just be way more confident at this point in my life. And I would be more successful financially if I had learned how to make this into a business, you know what I mean? So I think Mm -hmm. that like, that's what I meant when I was saying that is that like, we I am very passionate that we need school systems that have you take a personality test and have you learn what your Enneagram is and, and learn how to teach you in the right way. And I know that that's difficult, but I do think it's possible because I know that there's lots of alternative schools out there nowadays. So yeah, that's kind of where I was going with that sentence. (laughs) 
Yeah. I love that. I'm so glad we went there because it's, it can trigger some people, you know, there's people that have spent a lot of time and money on education. And it's not to say that that's not for anyone. Like we need the bankers, we need the lawyers, we need the doctors, we need Mm -hmm. the people that need to go through a certain type of education to get to where they are today. But the problem is that there are a lot of other kinds of people, especially creatives and people who start their own business and who just like think differently like that. Those are the people that are excluded from this type of educational system that we have created. And I think it's just outdated, you know, like Mm -hmm. it. Hey, we needed factory workers. We needed everyone to learn the same things so that we could, you know, fill those positions and kind of get like the modern world going and that's awesome. But it's like, we live in such a different world now where we have the internet and we can create anything we want. And like, yeah, yeah. you know, your, your passion project can turn into a six figure business. Like it's just such a different world that we live in. And yet the school system hasn't caught on. Like we haven't changed it in so many years. And yeah. so, yeah, I think it, it can hinder a lot of people who just don't learn in the same way. And like you, I was also, I was good at it. I could remember facts all day and regurgitate them and yeah. get A's, but like looking back at all the time and money I spent on school and college and what I took from it, I'm like, Oh boy. (laughs) How many other ways could I have used that time and energy and money? But so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like even just for me, I'm like, if I could have traveled for two years by myself or just even a couple of months, like I would have probably learned so much more about myself than I did sitting in a classroom every day, kind of just dozing off and, you know, spending all nighters at the library, like just memorizing stuff. Yeah. It's so interesting. I feel like I expected a lot more out of college. I thought it was going to be, and here, this is the thing is like, everyone has a different experience with college, right? Like some people actually really thrive in a college environment. And I think that's amazing. And so I don't think colleges should not exist. I just think that there should be um, almost like, you know, a quiz that you take, right? Like more support, like just more support in general for people to realize like, okay, what is my, what are my strengths, my weaknesses? What kind of learning environment do I need to be in so that I can be the best version of myself possible? That's what I think needs to be implemented more, you know, like with counselors, like, you know, if high school and college counselors did that, you know, I think there would be just more clarity in the world. But um, yeah, one thing I, in college was I realized like that I wasn't learning a lot. I wasn't learning as much as I thought I would be learning. And I was thinking about like, if I were to finish my four-year degree and go into a job, like a marketing job or whatever, you know, whatever I was planning on doing, like how much would I've actually learned from school and how much would I have actually learned from being in the field? And I think that's another interesting thing is like, why do we need the degree when we're actually learning by doing it? You know, you know what I mean? It's so Mm -hmm. weird to me. And, and there is exceptions, obviously for doctors, they need to understand anatomy and they need to understand, you know, safety procedures and all of that. Like it's, it's important for them to go to school. Um, but there's like really only a handful of jobs that you really need that kind of education and all of the other majors like liberal arts or whatever, you're not, unless you have a really great teacher, you're not really learning that, that many things that are useful in planning your life, you know? So 
Yeah. Yeah. And like people have such vast, vastly different interests. And it's like, Mm. we, the world would be such an interesting place if people were encouraged and supported to continue pursuing and gaining experience in their unique skills and interests, you know, like how much more would you learn and how much more attentive would you be even in a classroom setting? But if the, if the topic was actually like out of the regular things that we learn and just like, like about like yoga or sound healing or something super different that you are just passionate about. Like, I feel like if that was me, I would be so much more curious and actually learn things because it's touching on my passions. And so, yeah, I don't know exactly how we create that, but I do know it's possible. And I know that there's already people working, making things to do, you know, to create that world out there. And and it's exciting for, for what's to come, but yeah. And I think that the other part of it is the societal pressure of doing things a certain way, like the timeline of, you know, like, oh, you graduate high school, like, where are you going to college? What are you going to study? And then you graduate college and you're like, okay, like what job are you going to get? Like what kind of benefits does it have? And then you, have you found a partner? Are you going to get married? And then as soon as you get married, it's like, oh, are you going to have kids? Like, and it's just like, oh my gosh, we are not robots. We're not all here to do the exact same thing at the exact same time. And it adds so much pressure and anxiety when you, when your heart is telling you something different and yet your mind is filled with all of these voices telling you what you should be doing. It's really, that's been really difficult for me too in my journey. Totally. It's very disconnected is what it is in my opinion. Like to have that kind of timeline is a, a bit ignorant, right? Because every single person has a different, they're so unique and, and what they want is, is not going to fit into one box. And And so when you're just thinking about the next step in your so-called timeline, you're not really enjoying your life, really. Like you feel that sense of like emptiness when you get to that next goal of yours. And then also you're not like moving very intuitively, right? You're, you're moving, like we said, like robotically on someone else's timeline. And I think that's why we see people have midlife crises or, you know, quarter life crises because they're it's almost like expected now at this point that you're going to have that because, and I think an important aspect to talk about is this wasn't always how it was. It's, it's something in our, in our little age generation gap, like where we're noticing a shift, like a huge shift and it's beautiful. Like there really is a shift happening. And I think that it's demanding some new ways of life. It's demanding new structure and new values and And so I'm excited to see how that does change. I have hope, like I'm not hopeless for our future because there's so many beautiful people that I see who are thinking the same things. And, and so like, it, it wasn't that long ago. I was just thinking about this, that women couldn't even go to college. Right. So if you were a woman and you thought your, your sole duty was to nurture and provide for the kids and, you know, be a stay at home wife, you know, that was the structure that worked back then. And I'm sure there was like actually a lot of women who didn't like that structure, but I guess what I'm trying to saying is trying to say is it wasn't that long ago that that was our norm. So obviously there's been so much rapid change in our society with technology that we're like trying to catch up with the fact that we're not living in that, 
that generation anymore. Like we have ultimate control at our fingertips and we're so blessed that we can really do anything we want. We just need the, we just need the guidance. We just need more guidance and support, I think is like what I'm seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And we're missing that guidance and in different places in the education system. And also like with, we're not in, in community as much as we used to like back in the day. So we don't have like elders to give us advice and, you know, you're really lucky to have parents who are conscious and who have been on this path for a while. I think that's such a beautiful thing. And I'm excited to provide that for my kids someday, but a lot of people don't have that, you know, like parents are still stuck in generational trauma and it's no fault of their own. But when you don't have anyone to lean on and go to for support, it can become a really lonely, really difficult journey because you're going against everything you've ever learned and everything that everyone else is doing. And so I'm really grateful that we have the internet to start connecting with other like-minded people who can offer support and guidance in some way. And yeah, it does. It makes me really hopeful for what's to come as well, because there's a lot of potential there. If we, if we lean into change and start living from our hearts and not just our minds and what was the case before. Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, one more question before we get into like some of the rapid fire questions. Um, but since you are so young and like, so full of life and so much creativity (laughs) and so much going on, like, I'd love to ask you what your vision is for the future. If any, like what, what do you see for yourself in the, in the near or far future? Um, yeah, that's such a, it's such a open-ended question for me right now. I think that Um, when I visualize like career wise, like what I'm doing, it's really like sitting in space with community and, and supporting each other. And that's such a, like, I'm trying to keep it as broad as that, right? Like retreats really light me up. I like to be in that environment. So potentially working with others to create more of that, that kind of situation. Um, and like, even like what we talked about with education, like something like working with with shifting the structures and creating more possibility for people to not feel so lost and confused. Cause I still feel a bit lost and confused on how I'm going to quote unquote, make it for myself. Um, but I have hope. And I, I also think that once I do create that stability for myself, like my goal is going to be to help other people get there because it, like you said, it can feel so lonely, even though I have amazing parents you know, they, they don't have the whole, um, what do you call it? Financial stability and wealth and abundance figured out yet either. And so I want to help everyone realize that there's more than enough and that we can all get there. I haven't figured out how, but I know that I will. And and that's kind of like what I see for myself is helping, helping others in that, in that setting. Um, and also like, because I'm so young, I've just had this awareness that I need to like slow down and just experience life and not put so many pressures on myself because like I was saying before, I have a lot of experience with getting to my goals and not feeling satisfied. And that's like the worst feeling. So I want to work on really enjoying my wins and like my celebrations and, 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 living intuitively and like traveling is such a big part of that. I think like traveling, meeting new people, putting yourself out of your comfort zone. So 
those are all the things that have been kind of on my, my radar the last month or so. I love that. And it, it's beautiful because what you just expressed is like your intention for the future and not, not specifically like a, a structure or goal or outcome in the physical. And I think that that's really important for us to keep in mind. It's like, we don't, we don't have to know the how, in fact, knowing the how is just a perception of where you are now. Like with the awareness you have now, the how is always uncertain. Like we have no idea how we're going to do anything, but if you carry that intention, that's like your, your flashlight that you're carrying before you. And it's like, I know, I know the feeling I'm going for, and I know the, the, um, mark that I want to leave on the world. And I don't know what that's going to look like and that's okay. So that's really powerful. I think for also the listeners to keep in mind, like when reflecting on your future and what you want, it's like lean further into the feelings that you're trying to create more of. And, like service, like how can you be more of service with your unique skills and makeup and not so much on like how that's going to happen because the how will, um, the how will show itself, you know, when you're ready and it's one step at a time. So I love that. And I can definitely see that for you. Yeah, for sure. One more, one more thing that I just thought of, I just realized that I wanted to ask you about your Arcadia experience because oh, yeah. it was such a wild <laughs> weekend in so there's so much to it, but I think everyone experienced it a little bit differently. And I'd love to, I I shared a podcast on my uh, podcast about Arcadia. And so I think my audience kind of knows what that is, but, um, yeah, I would just love to hear your experience. Yeah. So, um, Arcadia was interesting for me. It was what happened for me. I'll try to sum it up very shortly was, I was going through a period where I was feeling so depleted, so confused, so codependent on people in my life. And I was like screaming internally that I needed something for myself. And so part of, I live in Maui. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned that yet, but I live in Maui. And so I grew up on an Island and it was very hard to road trip or explore or go, you know, travel, you would have to really plan it out and buy flights and all that stuff. So, um, I was starting to get like Island fever right before Arcadia, where I was like, I've been on Maui for two years during the pandemic. I moved home from college and I was starting to feel like super antsy and Jade and Zach, our mutual friends were like, Hey, we heard of this festival. We think that you like need to go. So they're the reason that I went. Um, And I, my mom has given me this beautiful um, gift of like being super open. Cause like, at first I'm like, how am I going to do this? I had no money at the time for a trip. Number one. Um, I didn't know Jade and Zach that well. Like we're still all very like new friends. Right. And, and it got switched to Vegas. So I was like, what? That's like not in alignment with me at all. So there was like all these factors that I could talk about forever, but it was such a cool experience because it was truly a manifestation. I had been praying on. I was like, I need a trip. I want to go on a trip. And at first I'm like, I thought about going out of the country, but that was like a way bigger trip, obviously. And so this trip came into my field. I, I really do think I manifested it because Jade and Zach called me. They said, we want to make this happen. Like, we really think you need to be there. And I just said, yes. And we like made it happen together. And they had these air miles and they supported me with that, which was like an insane blessing. And I mapped out like, how much money do I really need to go? And I, I was able to like create the money for this trip. 
Um, so like before getting to Arcadia was like the most transformational thing than even the actual festival, I think was just like this whole process of like surrender and trust and faith and like, anyways, so it was really interesting experience for me. And, and I, even though I went with Zach and Jade, it was a solo trip for me. It was like my first solo trip. It was my first music festival. It was my first time being in Vegas. So it was like, it was a very unique experience and I loved it. I thought it was so fun. I didn't think Vegas was as scary as I made up in my mind. Um, I thought that the, it was just so fun and I was completely sober the whole time. So that was also really cool to like be able to experience so much. Like I felt high the whole time, like just so enjoyed myself dancing. I'm like, I don't want to like take up too much time, but I really did like learn so much there. Like, I think the biggest thing that I think, I don't know if you shared it in your episode about it, but I experienced this feeling of like safety that I've never experienced before. Like mm-hmm. I was going as a solo female, you know, in a unsettling environment. And I never once felt unsafe. I never felt like I was getting hit on or, or, um, like approached by people in an uncomfortable way. I was able to have conversations with, you know, men and women and felt so safe and so seen and respected. And that was like something I don't think I've ever experienced. So props to the Arcadia team for creating that space, I think, you know, and for the fit for service community, because I think that's something that you don't see even in the spiritual community of like this, this masculine, what is it? Divine masculine, um, like container where you feel comfortable to be in your expression and not like scared, you know? So that was like, I think the biggest takeaway I got was like, wow, this is possible. Like it's possible to just enjoy myself and not be creeped upon, (laughs) you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you experienced that too. I know you were with your husband, but um, yeah, it was just like such a cool experience. Yeah. It was so different than anything I'd ever experienced. And, you know, I came at it from like probably the different, a different angle of like, I've been to many festivals. I've been to many, many trips, many things, but like, this was so different. And I, I definitely resonate with the feeling of safety. Like the container that was created was just, I don't know. Everyone was just on the same page. Everyone has been doing this, this inner work in some way, shape or form. And like that really came through and, and, in the space that had been created. And so, yeah, I just, I loved listening to your experience and it's funny because I had a very similar experience beforehand of like, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I'm going to this somehow. And then like piece by piece, it just came together naturally. And it's so, it's such a like beautiful reminder of like what we're able to manifest if we really believe in something. And we think that that's what we are supposed to do. So just another reminder that we're more powerful than we think we are. Um, yeah. I mean, but- even the, like the fact that the ticket was like $1,100 or whatever it was like, and then it became donation based was like, so it, I think that's when I decided I was going, cause I couldn't afford that. And yeah. so I'm like, Hey, you know, I trust that if I'm meant to be at this event, like I'll be there. And I like had no attachment to it. Cause I wasn't like planning on going all year or anything, you know? And yeah, I think exactly. the next day, Zach like texted me and he's like, dude, they just made it donation based. And I was like, no way. Like, okay, I'm definitely going like, and then I, I did donate after when I could afford to, but 
um, at the time I couldn't. So it was just like a really cool, cool thing they did. It was very monumental. I think what they're doing yeah. with their foundation. Yeah. It's very yeah. inspiring and exciting again for what's to come. Yeah. But, okay. While we start wrapping this up, there are one, two, three, four questions that I um, like to ask all of the people I bring on just kind of rapid fire questions. So first one is what's the most valuable piece of advice you've ever received or the most important lesson you've learned? Oh, that's so loaded. Oh my goodness. Oh, let me think. <laughs> or just, just one of them. Think. It doesn't have yeah. to be like the one, but advice I've received, I guess like to, to live in your heart and not your head. Like that's mm-hmm. the first thing that comes to me. And I think it's so fitting because if you, if I were living in my head, I would probably sit and think about that question for like 10 minutes. Right. But yeah, living in your heart and not your head is so important. And I think it speaks for itself. Why it just, yeah. it creates a more valuable life experience. Yeah. Talk about authenticity and going against the grain. It's like, if you just live from your heart, you can trust that everything will unfold the way it's supposed to. So yeah. keeping it simple, I think, yeah, that really is everything. Yeah. Okay. Top three health practices, and it doesn't have to be physical health. It can be mental, emotional, spiritual, whatever, but just three practices that you partake in that you think have helped you along the way. Yeah. So I think the first one would be it's so I'm, I always went to like these Tony Robbins events as a kid too, which I think I credit a lot of my, my maturity to was I attended like his youth summits for like years and years. And then I went to his UPW. So I've been a, um, I don't want to say a follower, but I've really liked his offerings and he has this thing called priming. I don't know if you've heard Mm -hmm. of it, but on YouTube, yeah. Tony Robbins priming. That's all you have to look up. It's like a 10 minute video. If you start your morning with it every day, like just watch how everything changes. It's insane. I have fallen in and out of the practice, but it's something that I always come back to. And it's actually one of like the cool, I like things that guide you through it, right? Like, I don't think it's the easiest to sit down and meditate. So this is like a meditation. It's a gratitude practice. It's manifestation, like all in 10 minutes. And it's like the best thing I've ever used for visualization. It has a little bit of breath work. It's like, it's almost like if you're like kind of in a rush, this is like the perfect, you know, morning practice for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's so so Tony powerful. Robbins. We're going to have to talk more about your Tony Robbins events. That's so cool. Um, yeah. He's a really awesome. We'll, we'll awesome save guy. that for another time. Yeah. So he, it was top three, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So priming by Tony Robbins. I'm going to have to say Wim Hof too, because that's something I was doing consistently. Um, his 10 minute breath work. Like, it's just like the perfect thing to do when you're like someone that needs structure and, um, what is the word like efficiency in the morning? Like, cause I don't want to necessarily, I don't always have time for a three hour morning routine, you know, but I really do believe that starting your mornings with things are what creates your day. So Wim Hof, his, his breath work is also like a big thing that has helped me and that I do regularly. And then I guess I would have to say like yoga, you know, yoga is something that anyone can do and it doesn't look the same for everyone. You know, you can do chair yoga, you can do 
restorative yoga where you're quite literally like just relaxing, you know, with the pillow for an hour, you can do hot yoga and feel like you're getting a really good workout. It's just like such an amazing practice. And it's so much more than just like the physical component, which I like to tell everyone I teach is like, there's so much beautiful history and um, spiritual, like, like there's an energy to it. Right. And it's just got this beautiful healing property, I think. So yeah, those are my, my top three. I love it. Cause all three of those help you to get into your body. And mm-hmm. I think that's something really powerful. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do that, but especially with breath work and yoga, I mean, those are just two huge practices that can look so different, but they're so powerful. And especially in getting you out of your head, like, and into your heart and into your body, like, and, and, and especially in the morning, it's so powerful to do a practice like that because then you're, you're already in that space and you can start to make decisions and take action from that like embodiment of like being in the actual body. And I think that's really powerful. So thank you for sharing those. Of course. Okay. You mentioned Tony Robbins, but have there been any other teachers or mentors that you would like to talk about or share? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. So Tony Robbins, let me try to think my mom, I guess, you know, my mom has been like a huge spiritual teacher for me. She's, um, if anyone lives in the California area, there's a church called Agape Spiritual Center. And there's not very many like churches for spirituality, so to speak, but this church is an amazing place that I, um, I was born in, in Santa Barbara and California. So I would go to this church and the, it's not even a pastor. What is his name? He's a reverend, I guess, minister. Um, his name is Michael Beckwith and he has also just been, you might've heard of him. Is he an author too? Yeah. He's done everything. He's been like Oprah. Like I'm pretty sure like, he's yeah, I definitely, guy. I definitely know of him. Yeah. Oh, so he's at that church. This is his church. He created it. He's an, oh, wow. he's an insane human. And he has a really cool story that you can look up on, you know, on your own time if you're curious, but he's been my mom's, you know, spiritual master. And I feel Whoa. like he has been influential in my life too. So really cool. Um, guy and also like the church itself is a really cool organization in LA if anyone listening is in that area in LA you said yeah it's um, called Agape International I I think something like that that's so cool I used to live in California yeah yeah maybe if I go it makes me sad yeah it makes me sad not to be near that because it's it's I think it's important the aspect of church right I understand Mm -hmm. it. Like I really do. Because when I would go, it was like, I just felt so good after. And I was a kid when I would go, I was really young, but I just understood the feeling of the energy. It was like, everyone was so connected to God and source. And I think that's why religion and spirituality matter is like to feel a little like relief and like connection, you know, and like, oh my gosh, it's just so important, but it's, yeah. It's so important. And I didn't have it for a long time because I didn't grow up in a religious or spiritual household. I mean, my, my mom is spiritual, but like, she doesn't really know it that much. Like, I mean, Mm. she does know it, but, um, it wasn't like consciously taught to us, I guess it was just like, 
like indirectly taught to us, but she definitely is and um, very holistic and everything. So she's definitely been one of my greatest teachers too. But yeah, just having like a church or some sort of community or, or place where you gather with other people who, who believe in something greater, I think is is so important because if not, you're just floating around and you're like, seriously, it's like an existential crisis. You're like, what am I? And where am I? And what happens after? And it's like, it's too much for our minds to process. And I feel like when you connect to something greater, whatever that is for you, it just gives you a little bit more like something to lean on. So you have to, so you don't have to control every aspect of your reality, which is, you know, can make you so crazy and and stressed and sick so that is huge but um and I do think they do live streams so if you like if anyone listening needs like that kind of church or whatever you could try it out like watch their live streams on Sunday and maybe even like invite people my mom does this because we live on Maui now but um she has people come over and she'll watch church online with them so it's that's so cute like there's always a way to do it but uh-huh. um, yeah. absolutely. And then you feel less alone too on the journey because it's totally. tough. It's tough. Oh out my there. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Two more. Um, what is a book that you would recommend to people who are starting off on their self-development spiritual journey? And well, we'll just start there first. Oh gosh. I have so many books, but I think the Celestine prophecy has to be like my book because it was just the one that I resonated the most with I think Mm -hmm. it's fun because it's like a bit of a fictional story mixed with truth right yeah fictional um it's like (laughs) it's got more of like a fictional feel in the sense of like it's a story versus like most of these self-help books are how-tos you know and this one just I don't know it just takes you on this journey it's really freaking cool and I would definitely recommend this book yeah it's it's yeah it's so funny because the um, the restaurant I used to work at in California or one of them, this bartender that we became friends with older guy, he gave me the book and it had been passed on. Like, I don't know to how many people. And there was a little note and it was like for your 21st birthday, like love, whatever. And I'm like, I have no idea how many hands this book has been in and I pass it along too. And it's, yeah, it's, it is very different in the sense that it is it's fictional technically, but like when you read it, you're like, no, this is truth. (laughs) Um, but it is just a really engaging story where you're just like, well, you're going on this like hero's journey with the character and also learning a lot about life, which is really cool. Yeah. The, the whole idea of it being passed down is so cool too, because I'm pretty sure really quickly, like my experience with it was I had a friend, um, who I'm not even like friends with anymore. And he gave me the book. So it's like, mm. and that's like totally represents the book, right? Like you meet, yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So he gave me the book and then I gave it to multiple friends, you know, and, um, and my parents were like, no way. Like, that's like the book that your dad and I like met and that's how we connected or something. So Whoa. really like crazy story with that book. And I just think it has a lot of meaning to it for me. So I would definitely recommend, um, the self-same prophecy. Yeah. Wonderful. And then is there this kind of second part of the question more selfishly? Um, cause I'm interested, <laughs> is there a book about anything that you've read recently that you would mention? That's a good question. I honestly, if I'm being honest, I haven't read any books in the last like four months. So, 
nothing off the top of my head um but like I wish I had like I have a picture of all the books that I have but anything by Eckhart Tolle is really Mm -hmm. amazing um there's another book it was like it it was definitely like one of the trending books on TikTok too so Mm. I'll have to think of it and send it to you but there has been like a couple books that have really really helped I'm actually the kind of person who like like really doesn't like to read but if it's really interesting me then I can get into it so there's not there's only a certain amount of books that I've been able to like read through to the end but anyway yeah no I totally get it um and there's again there's different same same for sure um I guess I should I should ask that question too like what's your favorite podcast what's your favorite podcast (laughs) I (laughs) like um Oh my gosh. I like Aubrey Marcus's obviously his always just has like these incredible people on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first podcast I really started listening to was the highest self podcast by Sahara Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, she is amazing. I really like, cause she's like very trained in Ayurveda and yoga as well. So that's really cool. Um, I also like call her daddy because it's so like just fun and Oh, I haven't Have heard you ever, of that one. You've never heard of it? It's so, well, it started off as like this very like sex oriented podcast. And it's really cool because she, her journey has shifted. Like she's totally talking about like mental health now and bringing on mm. all these fun guests. And it's just like a fun podcast. And um, yeah, so I like those. I love that. I'm just finding so many. It's just, and I love that, right? So because many. like there's so much content to consume and it's like healthier content. So it's. It's yes. Awesome. Yeah. What I, is your, your favorite podcast? Ooh, I kind of like alternate depending on the mood and the phase that I'm in. But, um, besides Aubrey Marcus, I also really like the almost 30 podcast. Okay. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is awesome. Um, what else? I, oh my gosh, there's so many. I'm like, Oh, I have my phone on here. I actually should pull it up. There's so many real with the podcast it's a smaller podcast but i follow her on instagram her name is real with emma on instagram and so it's the okay. real with podcast that one's really good cuz it's very relatable like she's our age and also like on her journey um the sam skelly show is really good expanded by to be magnetic oh there's so many um but yeah podcasts are like the best oh one really good one that I actually want to mention because I know you'll love it too is called wake up with Wesley okay I've never heard of any of these this is so good (laughs) just so you know and she is awesome she's like spiritual mom vibes for sure oh my gosh it's snowing no way (laughs) this is like our first our first real snow of the year I have to come out to Colorado. I've never, I've never been out there yet, but I think it's just like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you already know three people here. So I know come whenever you want. (laughs) I know Zach was like, just come, you guys, you can stay with us. And it was supposed to, when the Arcadia was in Wyoming, I was going to come to Colorado first. And when, then we were going to go to Wyoming and I was actually really excited to see parts, you know, that I've never seen like that. Cause I don't think I would ever go to Wyoming on my own. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, maybe, maybe next year they'll do it there. That's my hope. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. Okay. My last question for you is this podcast is called home to self and there's a lot of different 
meanings for that, but what does coming home to yourself mean to you? Hmm. That's such a good question. I feel like, I feel like it's, it's a feeling of, it's the same feeling that you get when you're in church or when you've just finished a yoga practice or you're at the beach and you see like dolphins swimming, you know, it's like, I feel like coming home to yourself is coming home to to God, not in a cheesy way, but it really is. It's like coming back to the knowing that everything is going to be okay and that you don't have to be worried. And it's like this just really peaceful feeling. And it's something that I think we all wish we could feel more of the time. And I think, yeah, I think that would be what it means to me. And yeah. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. It's this like blissful safety feeling within your own skin and your own being knowing that like everything's okay, you know, and you are okay and everything's going to be okay. So I love that. Thank you so much. And how can people connect with you? If you want to share like your Instagram handle and your podcast name so that people can connect with you. Yeah, of course. So for my podcast, you can look up life beneath the shallows on I think it's on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. And then for the Instagram for that, it's the same handle, Life Beneath the Shallows. And that's a good way to stay up to date with that project of mine. And then my my main Instagram is Naya, N-A-I-A dot Litman, L-I-T-M-A-N. And yeah, so those are like my socials. And um, I think that's how I stay connected, obviously, nowadays. That's I'm working on a website too, so I can start doing like online offerings. So that'll probably be posted on my Instagram if you want to stay updated for that. And yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Everyone go follow Naya, her podcast and her, just your content in general is so aesthetically beautiful and also rich with really powerful information and just sharing from your heart, which is seems to be the theme of this podcast. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so fun to like get to know you better and dive deeper into some of these conversations that we both love. And that's what, that's what both of our podcasts are here for. So I'm glad we got to do that together today. Yes. Thank you so much. It's, I think this is like my first real podcast I've been on and it's been so fun and really cool to like get to know someone on a podcast. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. And um, I hope to have you on my podcast too. So if everyone wants to stay tuned for that, that'll be so fun. Part two coming soon. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thank you so much.